Hello. Hi. Hey, everybody. I hope you can hear me. All right. I will start to rename people. And if you have anything you want to talk about, please do so. You can go into the chat function or you can raise your hand. Um, and then as we're getting started here, oh, thank you so much. Appreciate that. Um, we have somebody who verified they can hear me, so great. Um, Yeah, we just need a volunteer. So I will kind of keep chatting until we have a volunteer. I kind of um, experienced something new last week with my mom and she's like casually tells me she's in the hospital, um, which I thought was interesting. And turns out she had a hemoglobin of five and um, hemoglobin of five and found out that she had this thing in her duodenum and an ulcer and stuff. And so it was like being confronted with that idea of mortality in your own parent, which I hadn't experienced yet. We've only been dealing with that for my husband and his parents so far. Boy, oh boy, does that kind of laser focus your life when all of a sudden there are these real questions about purpose and how you spend your time and stuff like that. So it's been a really interesting past week navigating that. And we still don't even have biopsy results. So of course I'm the human that I am, I'm just like flying off the deep end about it, but that's just what we do. Um, so I'll keep talking about that unless somebody has something they'd like coaching on, which would be probably more interesting. So if you want to um, volunteer, if there's something you want coaching on or um, any, any comments, anything you want to talk about? You can raise your hand or you can post in the chat. I'm just giving people random numbers when they sign on to keep you anonymous. I feel like we need Jeopardy music or something. Anything anybody wants to talk about? Okay, I will keep waxing poetic about my mom. So, um, oh, here we go, yay. Okay, I have some issues with guilt lately that I can discuss. Okay, super duper, that'd be awesome. Guilt is the best. Okay, 964, mute yourself, there you go. Okay, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, um, I have been feeling tremendously guilty um, towards my, like some of my very good friends who are my colleagues, because I'm, I'm leaving and I'm leaving a big hole behind that. I know they're going to feel the brunt of. Mm -hmm. And so I feel very, very guilty mm -hmm. and I'm having a hard time kind of moving past that. Okay. Let's see here. Um, share screen. This is my favorite way to do it now. Okay. 
So you set, whoops, well, that's not what we want. You, you actually said the thought right there. You just kind of like came right out with it like a laser. So you are leaving and let's just put that in the C line. Um, you are leaving the department, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the T is I'm leaving a big hole. Did you say big hole or a big gaping hole? <laughs> <laughs> I think a big hole is what I said, but yeah, it does big feel hole. gaping. <laughs> I probably editorialize that for you. I'm, I'm a big hole. I'm, <laughs> I'm leaving a big hole. Ah. Okay. And the feeling is guilty. Okay. And just for everybody, because the model is our tool, I think it's nice to get a model going. And then the more we practice that, the more people are able to do that in their own lives. So, so the circumstance is you're, you're leaving, you're taking a job at a different place, like a different state. And you're thinking I'm leaving a big hole that they have to deal with. Right. Yeah. And, and I think they also have to deal with the crap of, you know, like the reason of why I'm leaving, right? Like it's a big hole, but then they also have it. Like, it's kind of crappy, the situation. So. Okay. So there's more to the hole, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. a hole. It's a deep hole with meaning <laughs> and layers. Of course. Okay. So we'll come back to that because that'll be super important, but so you're leaving this hole and you feel guilty. And so when you feel guilty, what do you do? Um, well, I, I tend to sort of, well, I, I do a lot of like ruminating about it. Like, well, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, and I like internalize it. Like I shouldn't leave this, you know, like I should be better and, and like something terrible is going to happen to everybody here. Like somehow they can't do what I've been doing, you know, like that's dumb, but that's <laughs> how it feels. And I, okay. I also okay. have been doing a lot of like overcompensating a little bit, like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'll just, um, well, I was doing that now I'm kind of at the very last bit of when I'm here. And so I'm like, I, I just can't overcompensate. So I just feel bad all of the time. Like I'm just beating myself up all of the time because I can't overwork anymore because there's, I, I have no more work I can do. Right. So all of this is like some form of self-punishment, it sounds like. Yes. Okay. Um, there was something you said when you said ruminate, and then you said three things, like three statements after that. And, and I think the second one was really, really important. And I just didn't catch it in time. You said, I shouldn't leave this. And then you said two other things. Well, I mean, I, I sort of, I think one of the things is, is I'm like, I sort of think that I'm going to make them have to do the same stuff that I've been dealing with. And so like, in some ways I'm like, it's like, if I've been able to deal with it, why can't they? But then I'm like, well, maybe why should they have to deal with what I was dealing with? So there's a lot packaged into that where I feel very, very, like very, very guilty. Okay. And then, okay. I'm, I'm with you. And then, so the result is, this is a good result. 
I mean, nothing happens. I just continue to feel really guilty. So isn't this interesting? Like the thought, I'm going to take this like in a direction here. So hopefully I keep everybody with me. We have these thoughts and there's like a superficial layer to the thought. And the thought here is that, you know, you're leaving this hole like in the department that other people are going to have to fill. But there's also a thought where it's like there's a layer to the thought that always has to do with ourselves, where it's like not actually about the department at all. It's like about I like to think of it as like, how is this thought relating to your relationship with yourself? Because ultimately, that's kind of what this coaching does is help us to fortify the relationship with our, have our, we have with ourselves so that when we navigate these things, when we leave jobs and we you know, leave relationships and we make choices and stuff, we can have our own back. So if you're thinking this thought, like I am leaving this big hole, it's like making it be this big thing, right? It's like, like it makes it seem like you are the worst person on the planet for leaving them. No, that's kind of the sense yes. that I'm getting from you. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. No, I mean, that's what it feels. And like, you know, and, ev- and I know everyone is being very nice, like, oh, you know, we just don't know what we're going to do without you. And I'm like, that's making everything worse. <laughs> right. So, so basically then like you think this thought, you're feeling guilty, and then you're doing all this stuff to punish yourself over it. And all it does is it serves to not only like literally create the hole, it, like you're creating a hole. There's no other way for it to be because this is like it's your experience of it is a whole. Does that, am, am I like making sense? Yeah. I mean, it's the thought it's like, if you're thinking that you're leaving a big hole, there's like, that's, that's exactly what you're going to do is leave a big hole. <laughs> I'm saying this. I'm sorry. (laughs) But the thing is, it's like you literally create this experience of leaving a hole, but not only is it creating this experience for leaving a hole in the department, it's like creating this experience where you're like creating a hole in yourself because you're beating the shit out of yourself over it. Yeah, that's probably true. Yes. Okay. So you create a big hole. In, in your life, like in your experience of it all. Well, so like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to elaborate a little bit on that because yeah. I, I really get what you're saying and I, I'm going to say this so that everyone kind of gets this, but yeah. it's like, I can't really enjoy the fact that I'm going to something amazing and I'm, you know, I have all of these other opportunities and like I'm getting away from a very toxic environment and doing something great for myself Instead, I'm just beating myself up and feeling bad about it. And like, that's not okay for me to do. That is correct. You're beating yourself up about it. And you're giving yourself responsibility for how everybody else feels. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a big job. Well, that's why there's a big hole, Jess. (laughs) Exactly. A hole. Okay. So let me finish this up. And this is, this is super big. 
the, the whole concept of this is big because so often we, as like the grand caretakers and like the managers of everyone and every, like all the people around us. And we want to make sure everybody's okay. And we constantly spread ourselves out super, super thin to be making sure like we are the ones taking care of all the fucking things all the time. But we really give ourselves these jobs where it's like we make ourselves responsible for for how other people feel, how other people think, for how other people act. All these other people at this place where you're leaving, which by the way, you didn't create, like you didn't create the toxicity there. Like that's something that exists like longstanding and outside of you. So they know that it's not like they think that you made a mess and now you're leaving it. You know, the mess already existed and you're just getting wise and you're, you're basically saving yourself. Every other person who's at that university, or excuse me, I don't want to say too much. Every other person who's at that facility has the choice to stay or go. They have the choice to stay and try to, you know, change the system. They have the choice to leave. They have, they have choices and it's not your responsibility to manage that. So I think that like, thinking that you're leaving a big hole is like going to make basically create the hole when maybe there doesn't even need to be one. Cause everybody's responsible for his or herself. Like they can handle it. Right. Hmm. What comes up with you or for you? Like when I say it, when I say those things, I mean, I just, <laughs> I'm like beating myself up some more. Like, why can't I just accept the fact that I can leave? Okay. I'm really good at beating myself up. Like that's great. Like I'm really good at it. So, um, but it's making me really kind of pause and think like, you know, once again, you know, I have to really work on myself instead of worrying about, everything else like if I leave a hole even if I leave a hole who cares that's not my issue like that's how I kind of want to feel I think okay that's great so I'm glad that you've identified somewhere you want to go but let's stay with the idea that you beat yourself up about it because that I think is worth digging a little deeper to see if you can figure out what it is under that that's so that's an action, right? If we just kind of do a generic model yeah. that, that we can just say, you know, T, F, A, and we put in the A line, beat, beat yourself up. Because this could go for any activity. It could go for like parenting. It could go for recreational activities. It could go for surgery or, you know, your role in the department or whatever. So we... Um, I I feel like a lot of women on this call and in this program could probably relate to this action that we do so well, we just beat ourselves up. And so I wonder for you, usually maybe it's guilt, maybe it's something else, but what, what feeling do you you notice creates the drive to beat yourself up? I mean, mostly It feels a lot like, I mean, most of the time I get to beating myself up because I feel like I'm inadequate or not as good as somebody else or whatever. Right. 
I mean, that's mostly how I get to beating myself up, but yep. I mean, guilt is definitely a pretty strong motivator to be able to beat myself up. Too. Yeah. But I think they might actually be a little bit related also because guilt is like, you know, we feel guilty when we think we are doing something wrong and we think we're doing something wrong when we're not good enough to do it right or whatever. Um, so I think that's maybe a little bit inadequate, uh, a little bit related, inadequate. And I know that this guilty is kind of, we're referencing a specific model here, but just in general, this could be useful for people who do this, where we beat ourselves up and generally it comes from a sense of like inadequate, insecure, unworthy, that sort of thing. So when you can identify that's how you're feeling, or if you can identify that's what you're doing, and if you're able to stop a moment and just recognize that's what you're doing, um, that's an opportunity actually to learn something. It's an opportunity to just take a moment and just like get curious about what's happening in that moment. Like, huh, there it is again. Why am I doing it now? It's like we catch ourselves in the act and then you have this opportunity to kind of niggle at it a little bit, just kind of like, I'm thinking of like a loose tooth. So if that's something you do, if that's like a go-to, in my opinion, it's like a defense mechanism, but if that's a go-to defense mechanism for you, what do you think is, what thoughts do you think are underlying that? Um, well, I mean, in some ways it's just what I've always done. Like, it's really easy. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to think at all to, to, you know, to do this. Right. So it's like when I'm tired, when I'm stressed, when I'm like just a little bit off, it's so easy because it's like so hardwired. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, I mean, almost all of the thoughts kind of surround some sort of, you know, just not really good enough or like not really, uh, I mean, I think some of it's like imposter syndrome. Like I really shouldn't be where I, you know, like I don't really like deserve what I have or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like a lot of it stems around sort of just not being quite what I think is good enough. Yeah. Oh, so that's what this guilt is from. Okay, cool. So I get to work on that. <laughs> well, it's so great to know, right? We all do it. It's totally human. Um, you know, I talk about the evolutionary reasons why we do it. And it's like, for people in this in particular, our, I feel like our limbic system, like the emotional centers of our brain, the older parts of our brain are just on so much because we're in survival mode so much that of course it's that you go to like, duh, of course, of course, that's what you do. And I learned something earlier today. There's this new podcast I just learned um, about, and it's this relationship psychologist and it's super, super good. I'll tell you the name of it right now before I forget. It's called 
where should we begin with Esther Perel? So I'll post that on our site, but she talked about how like our greatest pain or our greatest, um, I'll just use the word defense mechanism. Cause I think that's kind of what this is, you know, fight, flight, free fawn or freeze. Um, this is kind of like a defense mechanism, right? It's that well-worn pathway. It's so easy to do. And it, and you feel better because like in a weird way, when you beat yourself up and you're doing that in the A line, it's like, oh yeah, I'm punishing myself. So it's like, you know, I'm the bad person that I'm not good enough. And now I'm punishing myself. It like makes it complete or something. But what she was saying was that the pain or the defense mechanisms or the um, kind of the strategies that we develop, even if they're maladaptive, are actually the things that enabled us to get as far as we got, which is pretty damn far. So when I learned that, I was like, oh, well, that's an interesting way to look at it because in a sense, then you can make peace with that. It was almost like a buddy and it's taken you to this point where you're successful and strong and you have all these kind of notches on your belt. And now you can recognize it and thank it for where it's gotten you. And then if you want to release it and learn a new way, then you can, but we don't have to be so resistant or so um, judgmental of ourselves for doing it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a big part of it is like, it's like you beat yourself up for beating yourself up. So that's useful. Yeah. Um, I know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's true. And it's like, and then, you know, I have that same thought about like, well, I mean, that mechanism has gotten me really freaking far in life. Right. Like there's not many people that can say, they sit in the position that I've sat. I mean, how many people are really doctors in this world and surgeons and everything else? Right. So, right. I mean, but then I'm like, well, wait, if I lose it, <laughs> wait, maybe that is what I need to do is to beat myself up. Right. So it like almost justifies it then. So that's one possibility, right? Because you can take it any direction you choose in your brain. And the second that you are in charge of taking it in a direction, whether it's in a negative direction or a positive direction, you're in charge of it and you're not the victim of it. So this is where your liberation comes in. It's like, oh, okay, well, I can see this for this skill that has helped me really navigate a lot of pretty treacherous stuff. And now I'm at this place. And I have a choice and I can either like be friends with this thing and not fight it so much. I can be friends with it and carry it along with me and I can use it when I need it. I can drop it if I want, or it's like, maybe there's an even more powerful way for me to be treating myself. Like you just, you have so many options. And then when you see that you're the, you're the driver then it is more creative. It's more pleasant. Like imagine if you, this, this, I, I know I, I probably sound like I'm going off the deep end here, 
but it's like, I beat myself up all the time and I laugh at it. Like I do it and I'm like, oh, that's so funny. I did it again. It's like Britney Spears. It's like, oh, duh, I'm a human. Of course I keep doing that. This is my, this is my thing. This is my thing that I keep going to. And that's totally fine. And I like forgive myself immediately. And you, you lose that extra layer of pain. And it's funny how, if you just are able to be friends with it, it kind of just goes away. So while I'm here telling you, like, you don't have to give it up. You don't even have to you know, drop it all together and just be in your own corner hundred percent of the time. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a human being. Sometimes I'm going to beat myself up, but I'm going to immediately recognize it. And I'm just going to forgive myself for doing that. It's not a problem. To me, that feels like I'm in control. It, it feels like I'm like acknowledging my humanity. It's like, I'm building a trusting relationship with myself rather than like going down this like sort of negative escalation of I'm terrible. I'm going to beat myself up. And so I'm more terrible. I'm going to beat myself up for beating myself up. And then I'm even more terrible. I'm like getting down, down, down to the lower, those lower levels. Does that, I hope this is making sense. I feel like I kind of just went off on a bit of a like philosophical tangent there on I, I completely follow. No, I completely follow what you're saying. You're just much more involved, evolved than I am. I think. Um, I mean, goals, right? And it kind of gives me an idea of, um, you know, like a lot of things I've kind of come to terms with of like, well, I get to choose this. And because I choose it, that's a whole lot more palatable. Not that I want to choose beating up on myself, but like, I kind of get what you're getting at. I'm I'm, I'm not that evolved yet. So, so kudos to you for being that involved, but I'm going to work on that. Yeah. I mean, it's all a learning process. And I also think this is a really great model that you brought up for kind of highlighting how we often make it our responsibility to manage other people. And so there are these other people in your department that are going to stay behind. And I think too, um, you know, because you have some feelings about the place that you're leaving that other people might not share. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but it's like in your mind, you're leaving like this shit pile for everybody to handle. At least that's the way it comes across. Right. But maybe, maybe other people are like, yeah, you know, I've got some ideas here and now it's going to be my turn. Or maybe they're like, you know what? I learned so much from her. What an awesome experience we had. Like when they tell you they're sad, you're leaving or whatever they're saying, it's like, it could be that you just modeled for them, like amazing, an amazing way to show up and take care of patients. And now they're like, I really learned from this person. And we're going to just build on everything she started here. Like it, that's also possible. And so it's tempting for us to always go to the negative thing. Like, of course, everything's going to be a complete disaster when I leave because it's terrible and it's toxic. And, and what are they going to do without me? But 
maybe because you were there is why they can carry on. Right. I, I like that thought that I could try to remember that whenever I kind of start feeling guilty is, is maybe think about the things that I'm going to leave behind that are very helpful and very, mm. you know, that are going to allow them to survive the, you know, the environment that it's there and maybe even improve it. For sure. I'm um, fairly certain that you built some kind of a foundation. And I wonder if you can see if you, you know, could believe that you built some kind of a foundation there. Um, I mean, I have to do some work on that to, to see it and, and to own it. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. cause I think it's different to say like, yeah, I did this or that or whatever, but to really own that and be sort of proud of that and and really take that in. But you're right. I think that's what I have to really try to focus on. And maybe that's how it gets me to not feeling like there's a big hole, or even if there is a hole, it's okay. Cause people will know how to handle that and navigate that. I think they probably will. Well, of course. I mean, right. Like the world is not going to implode. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> so, um, it won't. And I, um, you know, I, I understand though, we so badly don't want to let people down. Right. Like so badly don't want to let people down that we would rather let ourselves down. And um, it takes a little bit to learn how to prioritize yourself over that. Yeah, no, that's, that's really true. Yeah. Um, I am really excited that you shared that. I think that's going to help people. Um, okay. Anything else you want to talk about with that? Do you want to do your intentional model? I, I, I mean, we can, unless if there's somebody else, cause I think I have an idea of how to do this intentional model. Cool. But I'm, you know, like we can let somebody else go. This was, this was very helpful. I'm so glad. Let me just make sure I try to save this thing. Cause last time I did this, I didn't save it. <laughs> See if I can do it again. <laughs> okay. So let me stop screen share. And then I can kind of see who else is there. Actually, I don't need to stop screen share. That's so fantastic. Okay, 964, you you can um, mute yourself again. And then we've got other people on the line. If anybody else has anything you'd like to talk about, you can go ahead and go on over to the chat screen. I haven't renamed everybody. Um, so I will work on that while people think about something they might want to get coached on. And let's see. Okay, do we have any other takers? Alrighty, go to the chat. I don't see it. All right, guys, I lost my chat function. So let me stop share.
Okay, is there anything else anybody wants to talk about? That was so good, 964. Um, let's talk. Okay, here we go. Thank you, 212. I am going to allow to talk. Okay, 212, you should be able to unmute your unmute yourself. Okay, yeah. Okay. And then let me go back to screen share. Okay, go for it. Okay. So this is something I was thinking the other day. So I've been doing all this self-work and realizing that I have these certain patterns or things that I do that lead to, or the thoughts I have and things that lead to the way I behave mm -hmm. and cause a lot of suffering for myself, one mm -hmm. being perfectionism. Mm -hmm. So then I was thinking, I have two children. And so I've been kind of thinking about um, how I've been raising them and feeling like I'm instilling these same patterns in them <laughs> and finding it hard to catch when I'm doing that, you know? Okay. Um, um, so I guess the, one of the main things I'm trying to think about is because it's a balance, right? So, so being a perfectionist isn't like all bad, right? Trying mm -hmm. to do a good job and trying to do something well is, is good. And I know there's a difference between that and needing to always get it like exactly right. Um, so I think what I get, I think what I'm really trying to drive at is figuring out how to, um, you know, trying to figure out how to break the cycle so that my children don't end up <laughs> with the same suffering um, where you want them to do things well, but not, but try not to instill in them that it has to be perfect for them to be worthy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I heard you say a thought in the beginning. That's why I wanted to jot it down. It's like you're instilling these perfectionist patterns in your kids. Yeah. Which I think you think is an A but I think it's a T. Right. So let's just say like this, the circumstance is, um, you know, raising kids and then, you know, we have patterns. Um, and so you're like, I'm instilling perfectionist patterns in my kids. And when you think that thought, how do you feel? Uh, worried. Okay. But I create suffering. So you're worried. And when you're worried, what do you do? Um, freeze or like get unsure of myself and what, how to, what I should do. So you doubt yourself? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. What else? Um, uh, I don't know, like, just feel like I, I don't know how to do what, what I'm doing. And then I don't know what, how to do what, uh, so you question your parenting. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, can you give me an example of what you're doing when you're questioning your parenting? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, so I, I don't know if this exactly ties in, but it's one example that happened today. So we recently got a cat and now that we have a cat, um, my daughter can't leave the door open because the cat will run out because it's an indoor cat. <laughs> and, mm. and she also is getting used to having an animal. So sometimes she'll hug the cat too tight or kick the cat, not like in a bad way, just, you know, yeah. and so she's gotten a lot more, uh, talkings to and scoldings about how to properly behave around the cat. And it's the point where she doesn't want the cat anymore <laughs> uh-huh. Not because she doesn't like the cat, but because of the fact that she gets, um, scolded and, um, uh, talked to about it, you know, corrected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the cat situation, how is, is this something like you feel like you're instilling a perfectionist pattern in your kid by teaching her how to take care of a cat? Well, like, I don't know. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm even reading into it too much, but so it's something good for me to talk about it. Cause I tend to overanalyze things, but the fact that she's wants the cat, she likes the cat, but she doesn't like being corrected in her behavior. And maybe some of that's normal, but I also want to make sure it's not that she's like, uh, you know, cause a lot of stuff I've done is just cause you don't like to be corrected by others. You know, you're mm-hmm. afraid of, of criticism and, and I know she's a child and part of that's just learning, but, um, that was her bigger reason for not wanting the cat. Cause she doesn't like to be criticized than for, um, mm-hmm. for, uh, than the fact that she doesn't like the cat. So, but like what, in your parenting, you know, of her and teaching her how to use a cat, like, what are you doubting in yourself? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah. So I guess what I'm doubting is like, I would like her to feel like she's just learning and, um, and, and not feeling bad about it like when I correct her. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you like have a manual for your kid, which we all do, by the way, (laughs) not judging at all. I have one for my kid as well. Like, like it's a very long manual actually. So let's, let's actually, because, um, I think the cat thing could be something good to kind of focus in on a, um, kind of a more specific model. So if we say, you know, family got a cat Uh and then, um, so, and you've, and you've set up rules, you set up Uh rules to, to care for the cat. Uh So that all goes up in, in the C line and your daughter says, what does she say? Daughter's like, when you tell the daughter, she has to, you know, not, squeeze the cat or, you know, she needs to close the door. Daughter mm-hmm. says what? I don't want the cat anymore. <laughs> okay. And I'm just going to add something here. Like, so family gets a cat, you set up rules for the cat, you enforce rules for the cat. Yeah. And daughter says, I don't want the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. And so then what are you thinking? Um, well, so yeah, so actually at first I didn't know why she didn't want the cat, but then we talked about it and she told me that was because 
she can't leave the door open because she gets, you know, it's work. She's being criticized. Exactly. But you're like, I don't want my daughter to use the cat lesson as a criticism. I want her to use the cat lesson as a cat lesson or something. Yeah. As a lesson. Right. Exactly. And so what, like, can you put it in your own words? Well, yeah, just, yeah, it's kind of saying like, I want her to feel like she's learning and like, she's, um, interested in not being coerced and, um, punished. And yeah. Okay. I want, I'm just paraphrasing. I want her to feel like she's learning and not like she's being punished. And when you think that thought, how do you feel? Um, like, I don't know how to do that. (laughs) Okay. So like uncertain or yeah. um, Yeah. Is there a better, like more resonant feeling for you? Like, I want her to, like, you want her to do this thing. I honestly feel like, go ahead. I I mean, definitely somewhat frustration. Okay. Great. So when you feel frustrated then relative to this cat rule, situation in the daughter, what do you do? Well, specifically, if I'm, if I let that frustration hold on and not let go of it, then I tend to get like, give up and be like, fine, whatever, and not be the most kind, loving mother. (laughs) Yeah. Or you give up, you say, say, fine, fine whatever. Yeah. Go cry in the corner. <laughs> do you cry in the corner or does she cry in the no, corner? No, her. Yeah. You tell her to go cry in the corner? No, 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 no. That's oh. what I'm thinking in my head. Cause that's oh, what she got it. Sorry. Sorry. That's what she, she goes yeah. and does. Okay. So what else do you do when you're frustrated? Uh, I don't know. Definitely not be there for her. Um, let me ask you this. Like, if you're thinking you want her to feel like she's learning and she's not being punished, are you doing anything in your action line that actually is like a lesson or is, are you punishing her like inadvertently? By, right. So, and I guess, yeah. So, I mean, we've had previous discussions about like why, you know, trying to explain it, like why you can't leave the door open and why you can't squeeze them. It's not just always that, no, you can't do that. I'm always a big, like the why, because I know that works better for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And despite that, she still just doesn't, (laughs) you know? So uh, yeah, that is part of it. It's like, how do you enforce it? Cause I definitely try to explain and try to, you know, you're not in trouble. We're just trying to make this a safe place for the cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah. So what I'm, what I was getting at here is that when you're thinking the thought, like, I want you to feel, I want her to feel like she's learning and not being punished. What that actually sets you up for is this like result where you're creating a situation where she's really not able to learn anything. Like if you're frustrated. Correct. Yeah. 
So because then she's worried about my emotions or behavior. Maybe. And here's the thing, which is so interesting to me about this and something that I'm working on within my own relationship with my own daughter, because my daughter's eight. I'm not sure how old your daughter is. She's four. <laughs> okay. So she's four, right? Like, yeah. oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I-, <laughs> I love this conversation the most. Okay. So <laughs> there's this like fine line, right? We are trying to raise these kids and we like want them to do things a certain way. We want them to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all do, of course, because we love them. We want them to be good people. We want them to learn lessons and we want them to be, you know, we want them to grow up and, and be wonderful. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that we don't know if our kids are going to be wonderful or not. We don't know right. what lessons, we don't know if they're going to take something as a lesson or take something as a criticism. And we don't know, honestly, what's like right or wrong. And so how do we know if her taking something as a four-year-old as a criticism is good or bad? Like, there's no freaking way to know that. And how do we know that her taking it as, as a lesson is good or bad? We don't know. Like, what if right now what she needs is boundaries? And this is like a really critical stage in her development. And if she doesn't learn, like if she doesn't learn this, uh, some kind of a boundary, then like, what if that's worse than her not learning it? Yeah. Like we just can't know. We can't know until we do it and then (laughs) see what happens. And we're just so critical of ourselves and wanting things to be a certain way. And it's like, oh, wait a second. She's like a whole separate human. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like she's just going to develop and she's going to. And so I think the best we can do is be models for them. Mm -hmm. If we want them to turn out a certain way, we got to model that for them and they still might not do it. Right. But that is like legit the most control you have over any of it. Right. Yeah. Once again, it's so many things come back to my manuals Mm -hmm. for others and for myself. (laughs) Yeah, of course they do. Yeah. (laughs) That's how it works for everybody. Yeah. And at least, you know, you have one because there are a lot of people who don't know that and they're really wasting a lot of time and energy trying to like control other people, which is very unpleasant. Yeah. 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 How I think others should behave and also realizing that, like, like you said, we don't know. So, and if it thing, things are more fluid in the future than I think I give them credit for, Mm-hmm. you know, in my kid's life and in my own life and that we can adjust when the time comes, mm-hmm. if we need to, there's definitely this underlying fear that you're going to like mess your kids up. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> you know? And then I don't know if you're reading the book for book club this month. It is just a mind blowing book about yeah. the way kids neuro neuro nervous systems are wired up. Yeah. And I what are you planning on it, but I'm sorry. What was that? I haven't started it yet. I'm planning oh. on it this book is life-changing. Um, something I 
something I learned from it, just reflecting on my own childhood, I had, um, so one of the lessons in it is that kids can go through a lot of adversity and this cat thing is not adversity. Right. I know. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's just an <laughs> but I know, and I get it. And I think it's really, really endearing. Um, but the book is about trauma. And so these kids are, you know, that go through trauma, if they have like consistent, loving connections, full of boundaries with adults that they can learn to count on, like they learn Mm -hmm. to count on these like strong relationships where they, you know, um, it's like the anti-chaos basically. So that's how I describe it in my mind. My dad brought the chaos. My mom was anti-chaos. And because she was anti-chaos, she provided the stable relationship for my brother and myself. And we turned out really well. And it could have been a completely different story if we didn't Mm -hmm. have that anti-chaos. So that is to say that, you know, little kids, their nervous systems wiring up. And I think we, we question so much about the way we parent and so much of it doesn't matter. But what really does matter is providing that like consistent, um, you know, safe, stable relationship. And isn't it interesting that, you know, you have this worry, it sounds like that you're instilling these perfectionist patterns in your kids. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you're going through this process where you're doing coaching and you're reading these books and doing all this work and you're modeling something for them that you're not giving yourself any credit for. True. Yeah. That even at 40, I can figure this out and help my own suffering. (laughs) Right. You can, you can help your own suffering. And as they see you regulate yourself, Mm -hmm. they will learn how to regulate themselves. And so a lot of this like judgment we have about the way we parent or a lot of expectations we have about the way we, we want our kids to turn out. Cause we all have manuals for them. Mm-hmm. It's like, Whoa, maybe we could just take a deep breath and like, let all that go for just a minute and just recognize that we actually are doing so much of the stuff that actually matters. Right. Yeah, just, I think, I think that ends up becoming a common, well, realizing too that um, part of what came to you as we were thinking of this, that it, it can change later. Like if I don't do something exactly right this time or the now, you know, it might, it might still be okay. (laughs) A hundred percent. You just basically nailed all of life. It is every day is a school day for everybody. Mm -hmm. We're constantly learning. We're constantly recognizing things we consider as failures. Although I think the term failure just gets a bad rap in reality. That's the only way we learn. Right. I shouldn't say it's the only way we learn. I think it's like the most effective way to learn. The most effective way for your child to learn how to take care of a cat is to screw it up. That's true. (laughs) By the way, my own daughter is eight and she has a turtle that she has to be reminded to feed every day. Mm -hmm. We've had it for Mm -hmm. almost two years. 
mm-hmm. and we're, we have two dogs and we're on the list to get a puppy. The puppy's supposed to be hers. And I don't think she's going to be able to take care of this puppy. So the pet, the pet situation, I think is a, is a pretty common theme where we use these pets as some kind of a tool to help deliver lessons to our kids. And our kids just really can't do it. <laughs> they really <laughs> missed the mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was actually pretty resistant to a pet because I'm like, that's going to become another soul that I have to take care of. Right. But we finally broke down. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So is there anything else that you wanted to add to the, to the parenting discussion? No. Yeah, no, that was really helpful just because I think I tend to forget to have this openness towards things Mm -hmm. and forgetting that I don't have to get it right the first time. So yeah, you really don't, you don't have to get it right the second time or the 10th time. (laughs) Right. And by the way, what is getting it right? Right. Exactly. (laughs) What does that even mean? Yeah. I don't know what it means. I just basically try to make sure she's got a roof over her head and that she's safe and that she's got clothes and some food. I don't know. Bare bones, bare bones. (laughs) (laughs) Good start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. There was one other thing in that, that I wanted to say one more time too, is that something I've used in my own parenting is like, since I don't know, I just don't know what's going to be the lesson that she needs to learn. Then you just keep trying stuff and trying stuff and then like trust she's just going to learn what she needs to learn or be the person she needs to be. Cause that's kind of what happened for us. And we're kind of great also, you know, like we all went through this. We all were parented. Anyway, I think parenting is a big topic. We could talk about this forever. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, and honestly, I mean, for me, at least having a child has made me look at myself a whole lot more too. For sure. I completely agree. Um, Well, thank you so much two and two. I really appreciate you sharing that. Let's see. We have about five more minutes. We could probably do some speed coaching if anybody else has anything they wanted to um, share. Two and two, if you want to meet yourself, you're welcome to do so. Um, anybody else? Let's see here. Let me hit save. Stop sharing. Let's see. Is anybody else? Okay, we've got a hand up. Let me um, rename. I think I keep picking the same numbers. Hold on. My fingers go to the same numbers. There we go. Okay. So 731, you have your hand up and we've got a few minutes left. If we want to do some speed coaching, you are welcome to come on and oops. If you want to allow yourself to talk or I can do it. Okay. Are you still there? 731? What you got? I am. Um, I've, just wanted to talk a couple minutes about, um, well, you and I had talked a few weeks ago and I think the other two coaches as well about, um, like the COVID surge and 
like I'd been talking to all the preoperative patients about getting vaccinated and it just seemed kind of feeling of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Um, now, and actually I do feel good about that because I've, I've kept doing it and I've had some patients come back and tell me they've gotten vaccinated in the, in the meantime. So that does make me feel like maybe I'm, I'm having some effectiveness, but I'm feeling like really like we're, it's just getting super busy. The -hmm. hospital's full, you know, they're, we're starting to put people, uh, ICU patients in places that aren't usually ICUs. And I, I guess I just want to know that I, what I'm feeling is normal. And that the fact that this has been going on for 18 months is, is it's eventually going to get better. (laughs) Yeah. So if we put, you know, COVID up in the sea line and then, you know, the hospitals are full and you're converting ICUs there, what comes up for you? What's the thought? Um, just well tired. I I mean, that's like the, the thought is, man, I thought we were getting better. (laughs) And now, now we're not. And, and it's, um, I, one of my thoughts also is like the community doesn't see what we're seeing in the hospital. And actually like, even I don't go through the ICU that frequently. Um, um, but you know, I, and I see a lot this week and I'm like, man, it's so busy. And I don't don't feel like our community knows and and they don't want to wear, you know, mask and, and school's getting ready to start and we're going to have all our kids in school. Mm -hmm. And so when you're thinking the thought that, you know, they just don't see what we see. How do you feel? Um, uh, like I don't have, it's just out spiraling out of control. I, I feel like I'm helpless. Helpless. sounds like the thought is this is spiraling out of control. Yeah. And I can't do anything about it. And, and my peers, we can't, we can't change this. Yeah. And so you feel helpless. And when you feel helpless, what do you do? Um, feel sad, get upset um, that that um, that the community's not seeing this and that they're not understanding why there can't be a Garth Brooks concert where sixty eight thousand of the closest people are in the <laughs> all together. Yeah. Right. So it's almost like, it's like so frustrating, right? Because it's like, you guys, it's like, you want to shake people. Yes. And at the same time, it's like, we're like, you dummies, like we're judging them to a certain degree. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you dum-dums like, come on, get with the program sort of thing. So other than getting upset with the community, what else? do you do when you feel helpless? Cause I'm going to put in parentheses. It's like, we have a little bit of judgment about them. Yes. And I know judgment's not good, <laughs> but it's, it's human. It's just what we do, especially when you're desperate and you feel, you know, you're just like grasping. 
So you're, you're trying to make sense, right? Our brains are these giant, like machines that just try to make sense out of the world. And when we're in something that is really difficult to make sense of, of course, we're going to go to places like judging people. It's like, duh, you know, we're trying to make sense out of it. And it's just really hard. And judging other people helps us do that. Mm-hmm. So what else do you do? Uh, just, I just carry it around and I'm upset and I'm kind of crusty about it. And you carry pain. Yes, definitely. So basically it sounds like not only does this like not help the situation, but it also kind of creates this sort of tornado within you, like a, definitely like a spiral in there's like you're spiraling inside and then the world is spiraling outside. Right. Um, so I think this is probably something a lot of people are going through right now. And I just wonder, you know, what it is that I can do to help you. Is it that you want to not feel helpless or is it that you want to just like pause for a moment and just recognize this is just really uncharted territory for humanity and it's okay like it's totally human and totally okay to be in this model right now. What is it that, what would, what would a. Yeah, that, that would be good just to realize that it's okay. It's totally okay. Totally normal. And I think it's, kind of like I use this example when people are really nervous before surgery and they're like, feel bad about being nervous. They almost like apologize for it. And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's like really normal to feel nervous before surgery. And I actually get worried when people don't feel normal before, or don't feel nervous before surgery. Cause I'm like, what's wrong with them? How come they don't feel nervous about this? Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a similar situation, right? Cole, we see, we see something different than the rest of Uh, the community and the community that you're in is largely, you know, it's not a, it's not a big city, majorly educated community, although there is, there are very educated people there. And I think this makes sense and resisting it is going to make it worse. But just recognizing that you're just a person and you're doing your best. It's okay to feel helpless. Like just not fighting this model, I think could be a good place to start to get a little space around it. And then once you're able to kind of make peace with it, that's when you can shift and be like, okay, well, here's actually what I can do, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, just showing up for work every day, educating people the way you're, you've been doing, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I know we're a few minutes over, but I saw somebody else raise their hand and this, the COVID is an important topic right now. So I didn't want to lose anybody who wanted to make a comment there. Um, okay. Does anybody else have any last comments? I thought somebody else had her hand raised. 
maybe maybe they had to leave. Well, 731, I really appreciate you bringing that up at the last minute because this will go on the um, on the podcast and it'll be uploaded. And I think a lot of people are going through this right now with the second surge and we're like, how could this possibly still be going on? And I think it'll be helpful to people to understand that we are just human beings and whatever it is you have to do to process what it is, what it means for you and what it looks like in your community, I think is, it's just what we have to do as humans. Okay, guys, I really appreciate your participation today and I can't wait to see you again at the next visit. All right, have a great rest of your night and stay safe. Thank you, thank you.